Hello everyone and welcome back to your Sister in Law podcast, the show where we discuss everything about the law, life and innovation. I am your host Ritendo, a mom, wife, sister and above all, lawyer. In a world where artificial intelligence is rapidly changing the world, the legal profession is no exception. So what does the future hold for lawyers? It's impossible to say for sure. But one thing is clear, lawyers who want to be successful in the 21st century need to be prepared to embrace technology. And my guest today is none other than the mother-in-law herself, Ngozi Nobuizi, a legal practitioner who was called to the Nigerian bar in 2008. She has over 13 years experience advising SMEs and startups, and this has ignited her love for tech which resulted in the birthing of the legal tech startup Pocket Lawyers, which is Africa's first fully integrated virtual law firm that offers access to fast, affordable, premium legal services and solutions to SMEs and startups. She is currently building what will be the future of how legal services and solutions will be offered on the African continent and the world over. Thank you for joining me today, Ngozi. Thank you, Rutendo. It's so amazing to be here. Thank you so much. All right. So I guess we'll just get right into it. How has the legal profession changed? Let's go. <laughs> How has the legal profession changed since you first started practicing? Um, okay, so thank you for that. Uh, the legal profession has changed. Um, but the, the, the question is how quickly is it changing in comparison to other you know professional sectors mm. not as fast as i'd have loved it but hey i mean i think we're taking steps in the right direction right mm-hmm. so um and i'm saying this especially uh, particularly with uh, reference to technology and technological ad- adoption into you know areas of legal practice right mm-hmm. um yes there has been changes i mean there are people springing up left, right, and center, trying to use technology to enable so many systems from access access to justice. When I mean access to justice, I mean um, having virtual court sessions, even mediation sessions, right? Uh, people having access to you know documentation, legal documentation. People having access to lawyers to be able to help them, you know, um, with their issues across different fields of different sectors of law people having then, then of course there's also enabling the lawyers work as well mm. there are people who are building solutions to help lawyers with research you know basically to enhance and uh, enhance their productivity within their you know within their practice so yeah there's a, i mean it's in the very nonsense stage right uh, but there's a lot of hope and uh, on the horizon and i'm excited to be part of this um body body phase of this growth yeah i agree with you totally when it comes to nigeria what are, what is your um perception when it comes to lawyers embracing technology do you already have functional enterprise software solutions within law firms uh what are the results what is the impact what is your opinion around that yeah yes there are there are but there is still I see some politics around it, right? There's some politics around it, okay. and there's still there's still kick 
older members of the bar because, you know, there's this idea of, you know, it's a noble profession, you know, so they want it to remain the way they, they met it and the way they've always known it, right? So mm. anything that looks like it's trying to, you know, cause a change, they see it as a disruption that they don't want, right? So mm-hmm. this change is more is more amongst the younger generation of lawyers, right? And um, should I say, unfortunately, the people who make the real decisions are the people, the older ones, right? right? So there's a, there a lot of um, unlearning and relearning that needs to happen in the older generation of lawyers for there to be more penetration because they're the ones that make decisions as to whether these uh, systems will be used in their, you know, in their practices or not, right? Mm. Um, so, yes, there's a lot of relearning and unlearning that needs to happen. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think it's, it's a gradual process, it's work in progress, right? Yeah. yeah. It has to be a work in progress. I think people definitely just have to get on board. I mean, now we are talking oh, about yeah. artificial intelligence. I mean, the Machine learning, you know, know Web3, there is, mm. there is just so much, there is AR, there is VR. You know, I mean, imagine if you could use virtual reality to conduct uh, court cases, right? You could mm-hmm. literally be anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and you are, you know, attending your court case wherever, you know, via virtual reality. That would be, you know, epic. Right. So, yeah. And, I, I, and I'm, 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 I'm hoping that, you know, we start teaching some of these courses, especially in the law schools, because I feel like that's Absolutely. where... Absolutely. Right? I feel like that's where we'll get... Uh, we'll catch them young because mm-hmm. I mean, even for our generation, we mm-hmm. we are still starting to actually embrace because we sort of understand it. Now the senior ones uh, or the senior councils, they are like, no, we are used to a way of doing things. What is this AI? Um, mm-hmm. You can't yeah. rely on a computer or you can't rely on a, uh, on a system. You know what I mean? So I don't know yeah. if you have any idea if you if there's law schools within Nigeria who are teaching some of these courses and the like. I know I think there's here there's a local university that has started a course on artificial intelligence and the law. We need to actually teach these courses in, in, in the law school. Yeah, right now I don't think there is any... Um university per se that is teaching uh, that is offering this as a course whether in the undergraduate or postgraduate level right i just realized that a lot of the lawyers that are currently veering into these sectors are more of self-taught right so they take mm. small short courses online they go on youtube coursera you know udemy they take these courses you know there's a lot of material actually online mm-hmm. right um but to say that there is a school where they can go and learn these things, um, I doubt right now in the country that there is, right? So I think, uh, just like you said, there is the need to now start to... Because the truth is, first and foremost, they even need to understand it before they can put it in the curriculum. A lot of the lecturers, too, are more of the older generation. So it, I, I think it now behoves on us, the younger ones, to now start to push this narrative. And that is something that I particularly want to start to do. For example, I mean... My platform is built to offer services to startups as well. Mm-hmm. And we all know that a startup law is is something that is not taught in universities, mm-hmm. right? Or even postgraduate. You can't go to any school in Nigeria and take say you want to study startup law and get the certification for it or the certificate, right? So mm-hmm. what I had to do was to put together like a 
I think about 14 young lawyers, right? And I'm taking them through a about a four-month process where I'm just introducing them to it. Because I just realized, hey, I'm building a platform. There is only so much I can do. I'm already currently overwhelmed with having to, you know, interact with the people that I currently have. So by the time the platform goes fully live and is out there, my, my question to myself was, who are the people that are going to offer this service? So I now had to come back and say, okay, you know what? I need to now be the one to replicate myself. So I had to put a class together. Okay. They should be graduating, all things being equal by next month, right? And then they will definitely be onboarded on the platform. That's the idea. And, oh. you know, from there, it will grow. So I even want to be able to now offer it as a course as time goes on. And I also want to start to push my alma mater, that's University of Lagos, to be able to start to offer this as a course mm. somehow. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how they're going to take it. Maybe at the, there's this... Um, Institute of Advanced Legal Studies, oh, right? Okay. If that is even where it's going to be, you know, incorporated as a course. I mean, let people even have the option of going somewhere and learning this thing. Because the truth is, this is the future. These are, this, mm. I mean, a lot of the businesses are applying technology in one way or the other. You need to be able to understand blockchain. You need to be able to understand machine learning, artificial intelligence, AR, mm. VR, Web3, all of these things that, all of these words that, you know, that are prancing around uh, left, right, and center. There's literally no business right now that is not using some kind of technology to enable their process, mm. right? Or even any person right now that is not using technology in some way to enable their lives. So I think the sooner we, as a profession, understand that, hey, the sooner we get some board, the better. And that onboarding starts from the learning, right? So we need to really seriously, quickly tweak our educational system to be able to prepare the lawyers for the future. Mm, I agree. I agree with that. And speaking of um, your startup, you are the founder of Pocket Lawyers, right? What motivated yeah. you to begin this entrepreneurial journey? And can you also share what Pot Pocket Lawyer is about? Okay. So, um, I... Okay, so I used... Uh, <laughs> my story is quite funny. Okay, so um, I was called to the bar in 2008. Right, uh, but I never thought I would ever practice law. But my father coerced me, and I ended up practicing for three years. Right, so at the time I was done with my masters, I um, went to fashion school, I set up a fashion business that I ran in 2017, and then I started making babies. And so I had to go on the maternity leave, so I had to shut down the business. Right, so at the point when I was sitting at home while my business was shut down, I just got tired uh, because I immediately got pregnant with my second child. So it was the more reason why I had to stay at home. But I got tired because I knew that that wasn't me. So I started following my husband to his company. At that point, they were building softwares. Uh, he had a technology company that was building softwares for different businesses. Mm. So I went on board as the chief of operations. And I just realized, come, oh, look at these little people, young people building all of these things for different sectors. And I'm like, why isn't there anything like this for lawyers, mm. right? Enabling the whole... Um,
elsewhere in the world and I just came up with the name Pocket Lawyers, you know, access to lawyers, mm. you know, having the lawyers in your pocket, literally mm-hmm. on the go, you know, um, mm. and of course, pocket friendly, that's the affordability side of things. Then um, by 2020, I decided to dive in uh, and I started to put the word out there and it was customers, uh, clients started to trickle in. We literally started building the platform in 2021. Currently, we have an MVP. Okay. And um, <laughs> you know the interesting thing is, by mm-hmm. the time you start to work on your product, you, you start to get more insights, especially when you interact with your end users. So okay. we realized that um, a lot of the times, we thought that the major problem was easy access to lawyers and you know access to affordable services. Mm-hmm. But then we realized from talking to these clients that their major problem was turnaround time for service delivery. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. You reach out to a lawyer, you want to get the contract done. One week is not ready. Mm. Two weeks is not ready. Mm. Okay. You know, review a document. One week is not done. You want to register a company. Oh, how long does it take? You don't. Even, you can't even beat your chest and say it will take you two weeks or three weeks or what. Because CAC will take their jolly well time to get to, get to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So all the services end-to-end were not... You, th- th- there was really no time structure to it. So what we are currently now building, so we now have to sit down and say, okay, wow, if we can crack this timeline code, mm. I think we're onto something. So we literally had to now start to think about how we can make the platform more efficient okay. to be able to enable the work of the lawyers. For example, I mean, we can introduce machine learning and artificial intelligence to be able to say, for example, you want a contract done, by the time platform is connecting you to a lawyer the system has already generated a document that the lawyer can now maybe sit down in one or two hours or maybe a little bit more hours and just put it together and you can have it to you in less than six hours or thereabouts mm, right so same day. imagine you have a contract yeah imagine you have a contract to review you feed it onto the platform and then the platform automatically highlights you know clauses that might be a problem so that way you are cutting down the time and making it more more efficient for the lawyer to be able to do their job. So these are the things that we are currently considering and um, so many more, so, so many more, right? So, yeah, that's it. Mm, I love that. And how has, how, how has been the journey in general in terms of uh, market uh, penetration? It's been treacherous. Yeah. It's been treacherous. <laughs> and I won't even let you learn. It's been treacherous. And I will tell you why. Mm. Right? When you're building... If, if I was in fintech, it would be easy to mirror a platform that currently exists. Right? And say, okay, mm. you know what? I just want to add this to it. You know? And then, you know, shake it. Wisha, 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 wisha. And yes. I'm in market. Right? Yes. But when you're building something that you don't have a forerunner for, you're literally building and iterating as you go. Like, we've iterated our platform three times. And it's not yet fully market. Is that you know treacherous? So we literally had to now sit sit down and look at okay. So how do we productify this service? So what we now had to do was say okay, you know what? Let's just do. We want to register a company. It's um, one million share capital. It's uh, this is the amount, mm-hmm. right? But if for any reason you know as a user that that one million share capital cannot. You, you know, carry whatever it is you want to do with your company, you have the part where you need to contact a lawyer on the platform 
which we already have, that can now give you that information. And then you can now make payments directly for that service without having to go through, you know, the fixed price in the fixed pricing on the platform. So at some point, we have to stand that part down mm. and just work on the products that, you know, this is, is a fixed price. This is it. You make payments. It connects you. You get the service. You go home happy. Mm. So we are still trying to wrap our heads around how to now productify those kind of things. Now, for example, also, if you want to do anything after you've registered your company, you must have filed, um, uh, what do they call it, annual returns at CAC. Okay. I've had situations where somebody wants to increase your capital or they want to add or remove a director. The first thing CAC will tell you is, have you filed annual returns? Some files have filed for some years, some have not filed for some years. By the time we sit down and we calculate, you know, the outstanding that they have not filed, sometimes it's more, the cost is more than the services that you even want to offer them. So they tell you they'll be back. Mm-hmm. That they'll be back might take a couple of months. So the question is, how do you now productify that particular process? Because then okay. it's now step, 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 step before you actually get to where you're going. So it's it's it's, it's a lot. And it's, like I said earlier, creating a product where you don't have a foreigner and you are literally just... So we get to a point and we're like, oh, we didn't even think about this. Oh, we didn't think about this. Okay, mm-hmm. how would this work? So we have to stand down a lot of products and we're just launching with the ones that are more direct. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. So anyway, I mean, before we actually close off, how do you balance being a mom and full-time working lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> I know I struggle, right? But... Uh, is, is there really a balance? You know? Is there really a balance? See, I, I, I like to, this is how I like to say it, right? I had to create an expensive process, an expensive structure around me. Okay. And this is what I mean. So I knew that I wasn't going to, I, I would need all the support that I can get and I can pay for. So I have a, a, a much older lady who is my nanny mm-hmm. that lives with us. So not only does she live with us, she lives with us with her kids, right? So we have oh. all as many hands as we can possibly get, okay? Right? To be able, yes. So I knew that I couldn't afford, I couldn't get a young lady who probably hasn't had a kid because my my kids now are six, five, and three. Okay. And okay. I started this thing three years ago when they were literally where I literally had three kids, three and under. Mm-hmm. That's how I used to say, right? So. I needed all the help I could get to be able to at least um, create some time to be able to work on, you know, this project and get it to where it is today. So you just need to find what works for you. You create, yes, it might be expensive, but create that structure around you. Do what you right? And know that you're care of yourself because you can't empty cup. Times when I zone out and I tell them, I say, mommy has closed. <laughs> and when I mean mommy has closed, mommy has closed. Mommy is not available. For right. now, because I just realized that, yes, mommy needs to close. You understand? Mm. So, oh, and for my kids, mommy has closed by nine so that I can have time to do other things, mm. right? Especially work on uh, work on my project, right? So, and sometimes mommy, it, but it doesn't ha- even have to be 9 p.m. for mommy to close. Mommy can, in if she's not feeling up to it. And I tell them, I say, you know what, hold them. I lock myself in my room. Sometimes I just take a walk. Sometimes I go somewhere. But do whatever it is you need to do mm-hmm. to be able to recalibrate for you to be able to face the journey ahead of you. Right. Like I said, you cannot perform an empty cup. Whatever it is you need to do, 
So if it's dance, if it's take a trip, if it's just take a shower, read a book, please feel free to stay with us. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It just makes you a, a human being who is trying to, you know, juggle as many things as possible. That's that, that's how I get it done, you know. So something must give. You, know, you can't eat your cake and have it. Something give. That's the truth. The sooner you tell ourselves, the better. The better. The better. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, we've come to the end of our episode. I mean, what is your ideal definition of the lawyer of the future as a parting shot? Okay, so, I mean, I believe that the ideal definition of a lawyer of the future, literally, um, as we as we see now, law is more jurisdiction-based. The practice of the law is jurisdiction-based, right? Mm-hmm. I see a situation where in the nearest future, a lot of lawyers will... So basically, people will be offering services without boundaries, mm-hmm. without borders. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. You could literally be anywhere in the world and be offering... If you were called to the Zimbabwean bar, and you can be offering services to people in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. right? Because there will be platforms that would enable such to happen. And I also see a situation where the lawyers of the future, of course, there's also the question of whether AI will take lawyers' jobs and all of that. The way I like to see it is lawyers who know how to use AI mm-hmm. will be the lawyers of the future. Lawyers who can employ technology, deploy this kind of technologies will be the lawyers of the future. About AI taking the jobs, uh, you still there's still the human factor. Mm. It's still somebody who needs to put in the profit into the AI. Mm. Do you understand? Yes. So you need to even know what it is you're looking for to be able to put in that prompt into the it to get what it is you want. And as a lawyer, if you have experience, if you have the knowledge, then you are in a better position to be able to use, deploy that technology to your advantage and to maximize it. So it is the lawyers who can use this technology and exploit it to the maximum that will be the lawyers of the future. About it, taking the jobs, eh, I'm not so, so sure. All right. Okay. Okay. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode, Ngozi. I really do appreciate you. And I wish you all the best in your entrepreneurial journey. And may Pocket Lawyers be a success. My pleasure. I had had a good time. (laughs) Thank you. So that's all for today, folks. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode. And a huge thank you to my listeners. Catch you in the next one. Bye.